What makes for a good party? Good morning. Hello, everyone out there in Megan's Old Office land. This is Megan's Old Office, and my name is J.D. Gorlett. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm with Keith Holmes. Once again, as true to form we usually do, we're going to sit here and spend half an hour with you. Talking about scripture, Keith is dancing uh, over there. This is a question uh, that Keith is very well qualified for Keith is our to answer. Yeah. He's Keith, been to a few parties. He's been to a few parties and uh, he is our director of um, uh, children's and family uh, ministry. And um, uh, Keith, uh, I've been to a couple of parties with Keith, a modified degree. And Keith is usually in the center of the room at the center of the action. So Keith, being the great expert on parties that you are, what makes for a good party in your opinion? Balloons. Balloons, <laughs> Balloons always make a good Especially party. Especially the ones filled mylar. with helium. Helium and mylar. Yeah. If you don't have that, you don't have a party. And, no. and Keith now is uh, leading everyone uh, in, uh, in sucking the helium That's out of the balloons. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what makes a good party? I would say the, the, the company that you have the people that you are with um just you know because because there's some parties there's some parties where you're sitting there and you're saying i don't really want to go to this party i have to go to this party well and that it, would be what us introverts would well, say but even but even filled but when you get there and it's filled with people you like you have somewhat of a good time but even an extrovert like me if i go to a party and the people that are there i'm you know are not are not the ones that I wanted to be with to begin okay. with. I kind of eh. so. Good I answer. mean, you can have all the fancy mylar balloons in the world, with and helium. that's not gonna with helium, and that's not gonna be a great party for me. If you're not surrounded by people who you love and who love you, or, or gets or, or or I don't even know if it's love. It's just like right. people I or know of, or and, of interest or of the, of the same interest, right? Because I don't know. A lot, you know. I don't. I I was once told by my wife that you know she and a friend watched me. I was standing at. I was standing in line waiting for a drink at a party that we were at, and I just simply lemonade, started, of course. Oh, of course, I simply started talking to the person that was standing in line next to me, and her friend, who is also an introvert, my wife is also an introvert, um, leaned over and just looked at it while the two of them were watching me, and they, he just said. He can talk to anybody, can't he? Mm-hmm. And 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 that to him was so amazing that I can do that. It's like, but that's just something I can do. And You're so it well, doesn't. You are well suited to be at a party. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's where I get all my energy. If I'm surrounded by people and the and the things are ha- and it's a happening, I'm I'm going to be pumped for hours. Where Alice goes home after a party. And it's everything she can do to stay awake in the car mm. on the drive home. And that's the way I am. I'm drained yeah. after a party. Uh, well, what makes even, a good party for you? E- well, but let me let me pick on you some more. Hey. They, I mean, uh, there are bad parties for you. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Just because you're an extrovert does not mean that every party is uh, is an awesome party. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if I go to a party and it's you know and it's got people that it's like oh I have to be here. Uh, and don't worry if you're listening to this and I've been to one of your parties. Yours was not that party uh, because they haven't happened in a while. Because the older I get, the more discerning I become. Whereas back when in my youth I was like, it's a party, I'm going. You know, I, I felt like a <laughs> doesn't big, matter a great day, you know, yeah, prison. like a big old sheet. Deep dog or big, you know, puppy. Oh, oh, it's a party. Let's go. You a know, party and at the state prison. With it, a right. Bunch I, of, I'm in. You know, I'm in. Right. You know, that makes a lot of sense. But but 
now obviously I'm I'm a little more discerning and 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 find my way to you know so the parties that I go to are, are tend to be more obviously the ones I want to be at, whereas back in the day it was it's a party I'm going yeah. so but but yeah if 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 I get to if I have to be somewhere and and honestly the worst kind of party for me is the kind of party I can't leave. If you offer me a party on a boat, nine times out of ten, I'm going to say no. Mm. Because if I can't simply say, you know what, this isn't working out, I need to leave. Oh, what do you mean it's another three hours before we dock? Then maybe I'm not going to have a good time. And that brings me into the story, because being the introvert that I am, and I'm sure Alice, your wife, would say the same thing, a good party is one where... I can quickly identify my and uh, my escape route and my my <laughs> escape method. I mean, uh, that does not mean that I I don't like going to parties or don't want to go to your party, but I want to be able to have a, a whole very clear plan for how I'm going to get away. Yeah, now I might stay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I might stay for a very very long time, depending upon what that is, right. uh, what's going on, who's there, all that kind of stuff, but. I just want to have that ability to to exit. And yep. uh, you might say, well, what are these two knuckleheads doing, ta- spending all this time talking about parties? Here's the news. Party, the idea of party, is a very important theological, biblical concept. Because when the Bible, uh, when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, quite often it is within the context of a party, of a, party, yeah. of a celebration. Yep. The prophet talks about uh, God having a great feast on a mountaintop with the uh, with wine uh, that is uh, strained clear and the yeah. the marrow and all this kind of stuff. This rich feast with marrow and all this kind of stuff. And then Jesus comes along and does the same thing. He doesn't hold back. This nope. is a party when we're talking about the kingdom well, of heaven. Even when one sinner repents, the angels celebrate. They celebrate. All heaven celebrates. Good point. Exactly. They all, all heaven celebrates. And so the question then is, uh, okay, so heaven is this party or very much like that. And yet there is, based inconsistent with what we've already said, there are people who might not want to be there, want, might want to have an exit strategy, yeah. might not uh, accept the invitation. We're going to see that today in today's parable. And, and Keith is going to read for us uh, from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. So you want to get your Bibles out for that. Uh, and this is the parable of the wedding banquet. And this is uh, continues our series on a study of, of the parables of, of Jesus Christ. And uh, Keith, so you're going to read these uh, 14 verses for us. So you got a question for us yeah, to keep in mind? Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got that question I want you to be thinking about while I'm reading. What does the king want to do? This parable is about a king's wedding banquet. And yeah. So what does the king want to do okay. in this parable? All right, All right, here we go. Matthew 22, 1 to 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, and he destroyed those murderers and burned their cities. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, 
but those invited were not worthy. Go there, therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But then, when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Boy, that sounds familiar. Yeah, this is remarkably consistent with uh, the last two episodes of Megan's Old Office. Here we go again, and we really hope that we emphasized last week uh, the need to 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 uh, partake to to listen to uh, Megan's old office uh, previous episodes. I feel like we're kind of on part three here, right? It's, uh, it's just what I was because thinking because we were talking last week in last week's episode about the phrase, you know, uh, "Come into the joy of your master." Right. Of uh, these uh, of these uh, uh, from that was from two weeks ago. Uh, Come into the joy of your master, and right. and uh, and who would say that? Uh, who would be of that mentality? Anybody who really uh, is interested in, in in enjoying the same things and celebrating the same things as, uh, as God would. And so to your question, your question is what very basic and very important. What's the king want to do? All right, well, let's answer that right out. Obviously, the king wants to throw a party yep. for his son. The king is God the Father. He wants to, he wants to uh, throw a party for his son, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ. Okay, Amen. that's the most basic answer. But Whenever I'm doing Bible study, I always I think the key to doing good Bible study is just to simply read the Scripture and ask really good questions. And this is a good question that you ask: mm-hmm. What does the King want to do? And obviously, the first answer is he wants to throw a party. But more than that, what's the King want to do? He wants to celebrate the things that are important to him. And the yep. question then becomes: Going back to the last two uh, Bible see. studies that we've done, the last two episodes of Megan's Old Office, the question is. Are any of us really interested in celebrating the things and getting excited about to the point of going to a party? Are we? Are any of us really excited about the things that God is excited about? And our first knee-jerk reaction is to say, oh, yeah, sure I am, sure I am. <laughs> but Jesus, I think, with all of these parables the last couple of weeks, wants to ask the question and confront us with the question of whether or not that's true. Yep. Whether or not, Keith, hey, are you really excited about the things that God is excited about? Because what God is excited about is having a party in honor of his son, in honor and in celebration of all that his son is, all that his son brings, not what you bring. So is that a good party? I mean, going back to the original question of what makes for a good party, is a good party one that's not about you? Is a good party a party that is about completely about someone else, where you're bringing the gift in celebration of this other one, where all the speeches and all the focus and all the celebration is going to be about this other one? Because that is what Jesus is painting. He's saying the kingdom of God could be compared to a king who throws a party for his son, son. and the party is always going to be completely and totally about the son. Right. Is that a good party? Well, it depends on whether they're serving cake or not, of course. (laughs) No, but seriously, 
I, I let me let me answer your question with a question. Would you rather go to somebody else's birthday party or go to your own birthday party? That's exactly what I'm saying. Right? Right. I mean, let's face it. A party about me is way more fun than a party about somebody else. I'll stand on the sidelines, have for how many years? Because again, we talk about being parents and how many of our kids' birthday parties have we sat there and gone, I'm doing this for my kid. <laughs> Isn't this great? <laughs> Isn't this just great? And, and then your birthday comes around yeah, and, and your kid like, gives hey, you Hey everybody, come on. Where is everybody? Your, your birthday comes along and your kid gives you a tie, tie. or a pair of yeah. socks or something. I like actually was given a tie that my kids went up to my closet and got out of my closet. <laughs> they re-gifted me my own tie one year. So your your kid's birthday happens and it's all about yeah. them and your birthday comes around and, and I hardly get anybody my own even notices. Back. Wow, I wish I didn't know how that is. <laughs> but as simple and as... It, it, this is simplistic as yeah. this sounds. It is a profound question. Do we want, and we alluded to this, we talked about this last two previous, uh, last two episodes of Megan's Old Office. Are you going to be of the nature, are you right now of the nature of the character to get excited about the things that excite God? Do you actually want to go to heaven if heaven is a party that is not about you, that is not about what you do? Is not about how great you are. And yep. we talked about it. It was like, we talked about it, I think, after the episode. You and I were knocking yep. around. And I use Keith as an example because Keith, one of the things I admire about Keith is that he has so many varied interests. You have so many things that are so neat that you love to do. You love to travel, you and your wife. Mm-hmm. You love to scuba dive. Uh, you love to practice martial arts yep. in, in your black belt in um, taekwondo. In taekwondo. Uh, you've got lots of different varied interests, but what if heaven was a place you like to golf? Although yep. you know, I, I, I like to do something called golf. I, he likes to what I golf. do right. is not golf. We all do. We practice <laughs> uh, the, the the practice of golf. But what if if God if heaven is is a party that doesn't include all of any of those right. things? Right, and then would is... you would you be like? Oh man, I'm not interested in any of this. Would I be one of those guys in the story that said, you know, I that no, I'm not going to that that's party? That's what happens in the parable, doesn't it? Right. God says, I'm having a party for my son, and the people give it some thought. They're invited. Right. They're welcome. He wants them to be there, and they essentially say, you know, I don't want to go to any old party that's for your son. Right. Jesus is confronting us with the question of whether or not that's really what we want. Do we want to spend eternity at a party that's focused on him? On him. And yeah. many times you made the uh, point off of you know in the in between episodes here, you made the point that uh, that uh, uh, you know we want we uh, when we think of heaven, we think of it immediately in terms of things that we like. Right. Beautiful golf courses and scuba diving and whatever it is that we are interested in, sitting around and li- listening to the great poets and all right. the way, you know, all this kind yeah. of stuff. Never noticing that we've created an image of heaven that is cir- is completely rooted in only the things that we I want. like. Yeah. And I often make the point that what happens when you get to heaven and you notice that there's somebody that you didn't like and didn't like you who's there and, and is your is going to be your eternal roommate. Are you down for that? Is that <laughs> you know? Is that the kind of party that you want to go to? Right. Well, you'd better you better get Buckle ready. Up, right? Buckle because up, right? Because this is going to be a bumpy ride. Right. I mean, it, but it's true. I mean, when we sit and we say, because like I said the other the, last week, you know, the media, the the Hollywood all talks about how uh, how heaven is what we want, but in fact, heaven is what God wants. Right. It's His party, and it's His party. So as we as we look at this, and they and and they say. You know, he tells us, Jesus tells us in the parable that they made light of 
the invitation. They made light of it. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to to have made light of it? That's a great when... question because here is here's our primary goal that you and I have for this show, and that is it, to bring people, in, bring ourselves, bring and bring it. others yep. into the scripture. What does it mean to make light of it? With that question, I think you bring us in. Absolutely. How do, to rephrase that question? How do we make light right. of of the party that God is constructing and designing? How do we make light of, of, of that priority, of what that party is about? We've discussed it a little bit. You know, we make light of it just in the exact same way as these, these people who refused to come to the party yeah. did. We live under the assumption, or we deny going, or we, we refuse to go to the party because we figure there's more important things to do. You know, it's our important things to do. I think these guys all say, you know, that's just great for the king and his son. Let them have their party. I'm not going to go. We recognize because I am more involved. I am more interested in what I'm doing in, in the immediate moment than I am about a party. That's a good point because one of the point in what that points to. I'm using the word point a lot. Mm-hmm. Is is that is Jesus is saying uh, with this parable? He's saying you have a lot of priorities. You have a lot mm-hmm. of things that interest you. Yep. A lot of things that you love doing. Yep. More important than any of those things is me. Right. Uh, yeah. I am the center of the whole the right. whole thing. That sounds really really arrogant for Jesus to make that point, except for the fact that it's that it's true. He's the vineyard owner. He's the guy with the talents. He's the, He's whole the thing. one that gave it to us. Exactly. So I, I look at it and I say, yeah. My a better question for me is: Would you be willing to forego that scuba diving trip to go on a mission trip, Keith? Mm. Really you, good. Right. You know, would you would you rather spend your you know, X number of days that you have for vacation time working with the poor than you would taking a cruise or hiking through the mountains of Colorado, getting, going to an urban plunge, for example, with the youth, as opposed to doing, you know, a a weekend spa retreat. Because those are the things that bring God joy. That's the party we're invited to. Right. Furthering his kingdom. Being a child of the king. Are we willing to forego what we want to be invited to that party? I want to share something with you. I don't know if I told you this, uh, but, you know, I I feel the need to to share this with everybody. Uh, The beginning of this year... Uh, you know, God spoke to me. I heard God's voice. And then it happens uh, quite often, uh, particularly when, you know, I'm preparing messages and things like this. But this was different. I, I really heard God speak to me. And it was the beginning of the year, which is a great time for all of us, you know, New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff, for, you know, uh, to, for me and all of us to review our lives. And, and I heard God say the phrase, uh, less of me. Not meaning less of him, right. but meaning less of me, J.D. Right. And then I had this thought, and I saw this vision in my mind. I was praying, and and it was literally uh, a, a dial, like for volume on a stereo mm-hmm. or volume on a radio or something like our TV, where if you just and God was saying, J.D., if you would just turn the volume of you down, yeah, there'd be a lot more of me that could come through. To you and to others. So less of me became the mantra. It was what God wanted wanted me to be saying about my myself. Yeah. JD, less of you. And so I started to say, and I've been saying, less of me. How can I turn down the volume of me, of what I want and 
what I think I'm entitled to and what I think I am and right. all that kind of stuff. If I were to do that, what would happen? When you do that, I can tell you, I can testify. When you turn that volume of you down, yeah. it's amazing what you can hear from God. <laughs> Isn't it, Doesn't that make well, sense? I, you can't I, hear anything yeah. when the volume is blaring. Right. You can't hear exactly. anything else but what's on that, according to that dial. You follow yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I immediately went to turning the radio off in the car and hearing what your car is, the noises your car makes. Right. Right? He's like, ooh. Only that's in a bad way. I mean, this is a great way when you turn when you turn down your own volume and you hear God, right? You know, you know what needs to be done. Just like in a car, when you turn your when you turn your stereo off and you hear that creaky noise, and it and and you go, oh, I need to look into that. And so, what is God? You know, I hear it, and I honestly, folks, I just want you to know that I I thought it was going to be his diet plan that he went on, and he's lost this amazing <laughs> amount of weight. Hey man, you I'm guys, good. this is amazing. Um, but but seriously, when when we have less of us, you know, do we hear God? And 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 it, I think it brings us back to this parable. These people that were invited were having none of it. Their volume was blaring. They did not want to leave their own comfort levels. Their com- and yes, I mean, we can equate this to the par- to the priests and the scribes, just like the last one. Right. But again. That's not what we should be doing here, folks. We should not be sitting in the seat of righteousness pointing our finger. We're the ones that are saying no to God in right. many occasions. We're the ones that say, I'm not interested in that party. But without even thinking or recognizing that we are saying no to God, and the reason that we're saying no to God is because we're so self-immersed. We're right. so immersed in what we, exactly. we think what we think, and we think about ourselves and what we think about God. Right. And, you know, I think... You know what I think about this is really interesting is that it is a it is a fascinating practice to spend time thinking about heaven and I think we all do it mm-hmm. whether we're in the church and theologians or or, or not uh, we do spend a certain portion of our lives thinking about uh, whether or heaven whether or not heaven really is uh, is real whether it's really going to happen uh, and then what it's going to be a, a, a like and. One of the things that I want to get across on this show today is to get every one of us, myself especially, to recognize that whenever we think about heaven, it really is a self-focused thing. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, I'll think about heaven, and I'll think about being there, and I'll, it won't take me long before I think about you know, what everybody's going to say about me right. and about my legacy and about what I did while I was on earth. And, yep. and, and I do think about, well, wow, uh, those golf courses. I love to golf. Those golf courses are going to be great. What is the, what's the place that I'm going to live in? How's that going to look? What yeah. neighborhood is that going to be in? <laughs> but what if, Keith, what if heaven is a deal where you spend eternity just singing in the choir? That's it. Uh, that's all are you, you ready do. to do that are what you if, ready to do it and scripture raises this issue this question what if heaven is you standing at the door being a doorman yeah. and it says better better to be a doorman in the house of the lord than to spend a thousand days anywhere else anywhere else what if it that's it what right. if the deal is hey keith welcome to the kingdom occupy that door for eternity right how do you react to that 
wait a minute. That's not how this is supposed to be. Or thanks be to God that I got this job. This is awesome. I I hope and pray that I'm that second one. I'm the latter of those two options because I, you know, I I will I will say I I you know I'd rather be a street sweeper in heaven than anything anywhere else because you know why is that true? But but the streets are made of gold. <laughs> Everything we chase, the wealth, you know, that's the image we get, right? The wealth of this world, the things that are the most important, gold. It backs our currency. It makes shinies. Not it does anymore, all this actually. wonderful thing. I don't know. <laughs> But, Mr. Science, thanks, Mr. <laughs> Wizard. It's economics, bud. It's yeah, not, uh, we well, do not, uh, we're not based by the gold. Have we not talked gold. about my theater background before? Yeah, okay, I play right. one on TV. We digress. Yeah. So, so here we are, here we are, you know, looking at, looking at the most, one of the most valuable, precious things on earth, and that's what the streets are made of. I tell the kids all the time, and what happens to streets? Right, cars drive they on get it. Dirty. They get dirty. I mean, you know, back in those days, they would think of all of the animals that were walking through the streets and what they do to streets. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it. That's what you know. That's the the highest of high things on earth is the lowest of low things on in heaven. Yeah. And so, can we you, handle that? But you know. But is that really the thing when we think about when we think about heaven, or is it I'm going to enjoy myself? I'm, go- you know, when we think of heaven, it's got to be the way that Jesus is telling us here in this parable and in the other parables. The kingdom of heaven is like when he starts a parable like that, we ought to be paying attention you, you, to that. And, and, and he never finishes it up with golf courses and scuba diving and motorcycles and and golf for you and, and, and every putt a, that you a nice, goes in and every yeah everything you you will score an 18 on every hole you know because everything's a hole in one but but you also sit there and you say but it's also not a comfy chair on a rainy day for you to hide away right you know, right. You're you as an introvert would say my idea of heaven is none of that. It's a nice comfy chair with a great theological book. Only you've got the guy that wrote all the theology that it's in those books, and he's the one to answer. And that's who we're supposed to be focusing. We're raising on. the question of whether or not we really want to be a part of that party. And right. our natural answer is, well, of course I want to be a part of that party. Well, before on you go to that terms. party. Before you go to the party, you need to know that the party is not about you. The party is not about you. So spend your time in this life getting ready for the party not to be about you. Now, I want to raise something here also. I want to, you know, the question that the next thing that I want to tackle is why is the king enraged? Okay, before we get into that, the king is God the Father. Jesus tells this parable, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is this. It's as if a king has a party for his son. Okay, the king is God the Father. And then Jesus doesn't once again doesn't shy away from casting the father in this way and this way is not familiar to us nope. uh, and the way is that the king gets refused he gets rebuffed by everybody who's supposed to go to the party everybody who's invited to the party does not come and the king gets enraged mm-hmm. why is he enraged well the king does the king have a right does god the father have a right to be enraged he's enraged because the, he gets turned down. The people right. we uh, say, yeah, that's not the kind of party I want to come to. I right. want. I'm not going to come to a party. We certainly, yeah. like you said, would you rather go to somebody else's party or to a birthday party or to your own? Right. That's really what's going on. They're saying, I'm not going to go to this party because it's not about me. Right. And does the king have a right to be enraged about that? Yeah. I think he does. To absolutely. be really hurt, to yeah. be really mad, absolutely. Well, but the other thing too is, is that. To be invited to a king's party, you would have to be known by the king. I think that's the point I, I take away from this refusal is 
you have been my courtier. You know who I am. You know who my son is. And you yet still refuse my invitation, mm-hmm. then you're going to get everything you deserve. Right. Because as a representative of Christ on earth, you you especially, me especially, in our spots, Jonathan over there quietly behind the computer, we represent the Lord. He's given us the status, the, the jobs to be his courtiers, to be in his servants, servants. exactly, mm-hmm. to be those that show the world his love, his, the way he's, and for us to say, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that this time. He well, has I'm, absolutely the right to be enraged. And I'm quite, you bring that up, I, I'm quite honestly guilty of making that what about me. Oh and my that, Lord, uh, yes. That job, that calling, I am quite guilty of making I mean, that about not, me. Not, oh my Lord, yes, you do that all the time, JD. No, it's, I, I exactly am right there with you. I, I think all of us do. Although to a degree, folks, I do admit, yes, dear Lord, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, look I've seen at you do that. Me. I was meaning to talk to you. About yes, that. right. There's an intervention later. No, but seriously, just to, just that it's got to be about. And and I'll tell you what, as a person who has a theater degree, who has the comfort level, yeah, that's not I, at all about you. Right? I have the comfort level of standing up in front of and talking. But you know, that level for me is such that it becomes very quickly if I'm not guarding. My heart and my mind, it becomes very quickly about me. What are you saying, me. Keith? Acting can become a, about uh, the actor. Right? There are no small parts. There's, there there's, are small there's actors. There's huge egos. Before we leave, Keith, before we end this episode, we got to talk about this guy who gets into the party. Oh, yeah. And he's standing there without a wedding garment on. Now, right. let's be clear what this means, all right? Theologically, everybody's in now, they bring in all these people right. from the streets. And they are all, except for this one, wearing a proper wedding robe, wedding garment. Now, right. this is the blood of Christ. This is clothe yourselves in Christ, as the Apostle Paul says. Okay, mm-hmm. And this one is in the party, but he has not clothed himself with, right. with Christ. He is not properly dressed. Matthew, with the voice of Jesus, makes it clear that you can't just attend the party. You have to be clothed with Christ, clothed in the right way. This makes sense, doesn't it? Well, it does when you explain it that way, because otherwise it's like, boy, that doesn't seem fair. You invite everybody, and then you don't let them in. It's the common complaint of a lot of people I know that aren't Christians. Christians, Christianity's a club. It's a, it's a secret knock on the door to get in. You have to do all this. It's like, no, no, you've been invited. I mean, this parable points it very clearly says, go out to the town square and get people to come in. The lowly, the good, the bad, everybody's invited. Right, and there's plenty of wedding robes for everybody. This guy didn't have a robe on, not because there wasn't enough Yeah, they didn't run out of robes. Right, it's because he was like, I get to come here the way I want. I get to set the rules of the party of of how this is going to be. Everybody else is doing it this way and wearing the robe, but I don't have to. Again, that's the point. Right. Are you going to allow the party? Boy, that Either reflects right back to the guys that were invited in the first place. They didn't want to have to get exactly. dressed up and come to the party. It's they a double down on it. it. Yep. It's a double down on that. But are we going to allow the the party that is to come after this life? And are we going to re- allow the party that is relationship with God right now yeah. to be defined by God? Or are we going to be so stubbornly insistent that it be about us and according yep. to our rules our way. that we ruin the party yep. and that we miss the party? Yep. 
We that's not just future oriented for eternity in heaven. That's now. Now that's right relationship now. with uh, with God right Amen. now. So uh, as we as we wrap up, I just want to. My last thought is as you talk that way is. Uh, it reminded me of my least favorite Frank Sinatra song, and that is "I Did, I did it, it My, my Way." way. Right. That that song is straight right out of a humanistic view of the world. And you want to know something, Keith? How many times people want that song at their yeah. funeral? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and I've got to tell them no, and yeah. the family is. I got to tell the family no, and they're like, "Oh my God, how can you how, be so yeah. mean and all that right. kind of stuff?" Like, yeah, no, the funeral's about Jesus, right? Because right. the party's about Jesus. The party's all oh, about no, Jesus. It's got to be about Grandpa. Yeah. He did it his way, and yeah. and and that was it. Was all about how he did. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. So we got to remember, folks. It isn't our way. It's the way that the the party is all about the guy who invited us. Exactly. All right. Well, that's uh, that's some good harsh words. Oh, there about you parties. go. There you go. Yeah, but and enjoy your next party. You're right. Please. Enjoy your party mm. uh, and that, and learn from it. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's the lesson here. We love having you here at Megan's Old Office. Uh, uh, Join us next week for another uh, parable. Uh, It's good stuff, and it's a good time together. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.